report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He lays a clankers. Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we are talking about season one. Is it? A, I guess, is it a season? I, I book one? I think this is book one of the Book of Boba Fett, chapter four, titled The Gathering Storm. But uh, I think we have a small, I mean, it's not really, an, it's an announcement, but it's more of an announce, of a review of an announcement. Yeah, so it's, you know, that's my horrible segue. <laughs> William, tell me about it. No, it's it's exciting. So, you know, uh, if, you know, listeners know how much I love the soundtracks and how much we all do. Uh, and uh, the soundtrack for the first half of the Book of Boba Fett chapters one through four is finally out. So we can go and listen to it and enjoy the music. Uh, it's really good so far, you know. Um, Ludwig Gordon said just does such a great job on the on the music. And it's different than The Mandalorian. Uh, but it's like, I, I, you know, uh, man, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to go keep playing this more and more uh, and really dig in. Um, but I did just come out a couple of days ago as, this, as we're recording this. Um, also, fun fact, it was hard to hear in the show, in the series, but uh, if you actually listen to the, the soundtrack, there is a Mandoa in, uh, in the scene where the Tusken Raiders, uh, uh, the, the, they have the Tusken Raider burial. You can hear some Mandoa where... Um, they say uh, family is more than blood, uh, as in you know, as you see in the Karen Travis Mandalorian books. So, uh, sorry, William, can you? What was the original Mandoa? Of course, you're going to ask me. That. I don't remember. I I, I tried I, to I, learn at one point, and I short. don't remember. Oh, I'm so bad no, at it. So, could you? Could you do it? Do you have it? Just no. Of course not. I don't speak Mandoa. <laughs> I tried to at one point, but I was Vodayan. <laughs> there you I, go. I, I wish I wish I could speak Mandalorian. I, I could I could talk to my dog that way, but, but William, I th- I, all I remember know. is like I think it's like something like Kanosi Sanaro on Vodayan. Thanks, uh, oh dude, seriously. <laughs> uh, but no, William, we both know the only reason I ask you questions like that is so I can put you on the spot when you don't have an answer because <laughs> it's very rare that you don't have an answer. So I'm you know, I almost grabbed the translation and put it in the notes just in case, and I was like, ah, it'd be really hard for you to figure out how to remember how to pronounce this what jerk would ask me about the original <laughs> exactly i'm like i'm not gonna I mean, need the translation enter steven <laughs> exactly I, anyway I think, tom please yeah, i think please rest yes, me you. and william thank you what i will this I, episode well in this episode we're going to be reviewing the book of boba fett chapter four the gathering storm directed by kevin tasharon and written by john favreau in this episode which i thought we were doing it for most of these episodes Boba Fett teams up with Finnick Shand. Ah, but this now, is this is the origin of the team. It, it is. Okay, I, I, I will kick this off, and this is what I really appreciate about this episode. We got a lot of answers in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the one thing that made this really, really an outstanding episode because it closed so many threads that we had questions about, at least when it started. A hundred percent. I think... Steven. Yeah, I agree. But I also think it goes a long way to like, because the entire time I was watching this episode, I was like, I, why was this not? I mean, it didn't like, obviously you couldn't have taken this as made it the first episode. It wouldn't have worked. 
Right. But like everything here is like I just these are literally the things I thought should have been in the show before we were halfway through. You know, so I, I enjoyed it, but it was a little frustrating. It's like, finally, thank you. Why did we not start with this instead of having to wait halfway through the season? Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I agree. And you know what? Like, I, get motivations. I suspect yeah. the reason for this is because they wrote themselves into a corner with the end of The Mandalorian, where they, they'd they already introduced Boba Fett in The Mandalorian. They'd already shown him killing off uh, Bib Fortuna. And I don't think they wanted to go to the very beginning. And I don't think they thought people would... Maybe they were worried it would be too boring to see him like escape the Sarlacc and then become mm-hmm. friends with the Tuscans, which, by the way, people have been raving about. Like, so that's some of the best parts of the yep. show so far. Right. But maybe they were afraid that they couldn't do entire episodes focused on just that and nothing else for the beginning, where you know we see him, you know, uh, 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 deal with you know, all, basically showing all the flashbacks up front. Had they edited it that way, I think this would have been so much more clear. You know, mm-hmm. and and maybe you also would require too much exposition right. up front to say, you know, to kind of uh, explain his. Uh, well, actually, I don't know because we wouldn't have needed the, the exposition because they wouldn't have we wouldn't have had to explain his motivations. Like, hey, he he it's, he's ma- becoming oh, friends with the Sarlacc, uh, the the, Sarlacc, right. the, the, the Tuscans, and he escaped the. Sarlacc. That would be fun to see him be befriend a Sarlacc. That would <laughs> yeah. be hilarious. But you know, I think so I, yeah, I feel like that would have been better. Okay, but I. But I Okay. Well, I say Tom go ahead I suspect they didn't do that because it actually wouldn't have worked either mm-hmm. uh, the show would have been called three to three three to four episodes of in the before times telling mm-hmm. the story of Boba and the Tuscan Raiders and three to four episodes of the war happening in Mos Espa mm-hmm. the, I, I'm assuming that's what we're building to and going through although we'll talk mm-hmm. about that um I and that I don't think would have worked. Like you're you're describing two separate, you know, stories for the season. Right, and it would have had to be like uh, pre Mandalorian and post Mandalorian. And it right. I, I agree. I, that's why that's why I say I think they almost wrote themselves into a corner where they're like, okay, how do we pick up these threads? And my guess is the best idea they came up with was flashback to us. Well, I, you know, great. William? You're, you're here. Okay, but that, I'm taking off half a half a womp ride just for that. I, I hope you realize that. Sorry not to derail okay. the conversation, but you know that's too funny. It, I, I, don't, I, I do I do think they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. Okay, but I, I if you guys look at it from that point of view, I I still say I don't think they wrote themselves in a corner. I think what they did is they basically used that to make it a slow burn. They used the opportunity to build the story they wanted to tell. It could have been that they wrote themselves in a corner, but I think that the way they did this, they got themselves out of it and it made it very interesting to watch all this because you got to see it all build to where it is right now. Yeah. yeah so let's dive into the specifics because yeah. I think we'll get to some I, I think we interesting pieces. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about it, but the episode immediately launches into a flashback and spends most of its time there, which I think like was the right choice here. Like we, mm-hmm. we finally yes. get to see, uh, I guess the other side of, uh, what do you call it? The start of was, I guess it was season one. I don't remember that specific episode of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. like the original encounter with yeah. Fennec Shand. When Toro Calican right. shoots her. Yeah. I would never remember that name, William, <laughs> but yes, you've redeemed yourself for not knowing Mandalorian. Congratulations. <laughs> but, but no, I, when I first saw it, cause you know, Boba's like, he's walking through the dead, the dune sea and, you see these lights, these flashes in the sky, and I'm like, something about this right. feels familiar, but I couldn't quite place it for a second. 
And then all of a sudden we see Fennec on the ground as he approaches and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're showing us from the other perspective. This is, this is, this is great. We're now seeing mm-hmm. how she meet, uh, how they meet. Oh, it's great. So and, and, I do and have... that's the best thing about it. It all makes sense though. Mm-hmm. I mean, how this episode was written, everything, all the threads from beginning to end, so tied together, especially how he was able to save her, which also tied into, I will say it, the Mas Vespas, because you got to see him actually take her, which to me, this this is the this is the thing I found funny. I guess on 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 Tatooine, they're not tattoo parlors. They're enhancement parlors to where you can go in, you can pay money to get like, you know, little robotic enhancements. And it's fun to see Boba Fett come walking in. And and the guy, let's call the the artist, the 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 upgrade artist, the modifier, say, Look, yeah, modifier. There you go. <laughs> the modifiers say, you know, you don't have an appointment, but hey, you know what? Money talks on Tatooine. Oh, okay, I think we can do this. So I was, I want to like be very upfront on this point as well. Uh, so I was obviously very negative on the. Uh, the Moss Espa Vespa. There's a better name. The mods, I think they're called, yeah, right? Yeah, the mods, yeah. yeah. Okay. The I still like the Espa Vespa, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to be slightly more respectful, at least for a moment. Which, which, I, which uh, I think from this point I should too, so I agree. So I still felt like this scene was a little bit too clean. We talked about that last, like, it didn't feel dirty enough for Tatooine. I thought mm-hmm. the parlor was a significantly better take on that uh, idea mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. we got in the previous episode. Right. It felt Agreed. much more, uh, I don't know, mechanic shop, I guess I would describe it. Less like streamlined cyberpunk kind mm-hmm. of vibes. Um, and it, yeah, I just I felt like this scene, it just worked much, much better for me, mm-hmm. despite yeah. uh, not liking the previous episode. Well, right. And it feels like they were able to, they, they, they did something with the, you know, it, you know, they always do stuff for a reason. You know, and while we may not, yep. you know, like it or understand at the time, they clearly have a reason for everything. And while, you know, the scenes with the mods are in the present and this is in the past, um, at least it kind of establishes, oh, okay, that's why they, they, they we saw these mods and why they introduced them. You know, I, like you, Steven, I still don't love it, but I thought the way they handled it in this episode was much better. And it actually explains, mm. like, we knew Fennec Shand had the the droid parts inside her. We right. didn't really know they're droid mm-hmm. necessarily, but some sort of, you know, um, mechanical parts keeping her alive. Mm-hmm. But this actually explains it. And I, in hindsight, I don't actually know how I didn't make the connection last week that that's how they're going to save Fennec. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really liked it. I thought it was... Um, I thought it was really good overall. And even though I didn't love the mods last time. Right. And I think I think the part that made it stick for me was once he was once the 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 modifier was able to save her, it was like Boba Fett said thank you and almost like cover it up and and the modifier is like, do you really want to cover up this thing of beauty? I mean that that was the thing where you're like, oh my god, that is so cool and that explains why when she pulls the thing away from her stomach, the cover, that it's not covered up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They they did a good job of of, of addressing all of this and kind of giving us a, a, a good explanation of how she could have survived such a fatal wound. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's also interesting and thinking about it, you know, Anakin, of course, was so into droids. I almost wonder, would he have become, assuming they existed uh, mm-hmm. back then, would he have become part of the, uh, the Mott squad if he had, <laughs> um, uh, if he it, hadn't it, been picked up by the Jedi? I don't know. 
wouldn't and that, surprise that, me. It wouldn't surprise me either. It would be very, it, that is a very fascinating question to ask. Yeah. But anyway, I, 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 like you guys, I really liked seeing Fennec brought back to life and, and they, they did a good job of explaining how that happens. And this kind of starts their partnership. And we knew that they were, you know, partners later on in the series, uh, you know, in the book, in the Mandalorian and in the present, uh, in the book of Boba Fett. Um, but here we get to see kind of how that starts and how she's initially, you know, suspicious of him. Who is this guy? She doesn't even know that he took her to be saved, right? Until she looks at her, her abdomen. Um, and I really liked it, but, but most importantly, as we said at the top of the show, we started to get answers because Fennec now can ask Boba the questions that we've all been wondering. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he talks about how, you know, he was, he was ready to give up everything and live with the Tuscans. And so go ahead. I have a very important Uh question. And I, I don't know the answer. And William, I apologize because I'm about to make you go Google a bunch of things (laughs) Uh, or Bing as it might be. But when, when does the first season of the Mandalorian take place? It takes place, uh, I think five years after return of the Jedi. So, in my mind, Boba was with the Tuscans for, I mean, a couple of months tops is kind of how I saw like the first couple of episodes that, you know, we went through. Mm-hmm. Based on this, though, that's a long can't time. Be the case. Yeah. Because we're now yeah. like we're up to the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. And the and Mandalorian takes tell... place. Yeah. Nine ABY. So five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, I can't tell if, uh, like, is he with the Tuscans for the entire time? And then, you know, the Tuscans get killed. He starts wandering the desert. He finds Fennec Shand. Or is the Tuscans get killed early on, and then he's wandering for a while? Or alternatively, we don't know how long he was in the Sarlacc for. Well, that's true, too. But I mean, that is very true because he did... For... He couldn't have survived for very long in the Sarlacc, though. I mean, like, yeah, it, it's, but, it's but was... designed to keep you alive for a thousand years as they slowly yeah, then... digest you. So maybe, maybe, like, I... I don't know. But the weird thing is, like, he had his armor protecting him. So you think, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, okay. Now, you're missing one thing. When they go to retrieve the armor, Finnick did sit there and say, there's no way it could survive. And what did Boba say? Beskar would, be, Beskar would survive mm-hmm. this. So basically, he did say the Beskar, in a way, kept him alive. Sure, it didn't cover all of his body, but well, he would just need this nutrients. is where we sure. got right, right. But this yeah, also not, gave us I'm the explanation why he has the back to tank, right? But this also gave us the explanation why he had the back to tank. So of. I actually kind of okay. How? Why kind of? Because uh, and this is where it's boba seems to be injured throughout the first couple of episodes right it was my take on it like he gets into a fight he seems less uh mobile than he was previously mm-hmm. uh even in the mandalorian and then mm-hmm. you know he gets kicked and he goes in the back tank because he's he's you know wounded and you know needs time to recover and so on um but he like I still don't understand. It still feels to me like we were supposed to either he should have been like this in the Mandalorian or something happened in between the Mandalorian yeah. and now. Mm-hmm. I, I get that the being in the Sarlacc was probably not good for him. I'm a little bothered by the the differences in how he's been portrayed because it make and it's even more than that. Like if it's if it were just a matter of like, you know, getting his, you know, uh, appearance healed or 
getting him from 95 to 100 percent but they just it this they go out of their way to make it seem like he's debilitated almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like he's powerless without the back to tank and it right i don't know it, it throws me yeah yeah i guess we'll see because like now now that he's i don't know like in theory he's fully healed but like you said he was not fully healed in the mandalorian and so i, I suspect to be fair i so i suspect tom you're right we're meant to take it as he is healed because of uh or sorry he was damaged by the sarlacc yeah. And he probably would have been weaker in the Mandalorian based on how they're showing him here. But right. of course they wanted him to be awesome in the Mandalorian. And so they didn't, you know, mm-hmm. plan ahead because maybe they didn't know there was going to be a Boba Fett. Well, I guess they would have had to have known, but they wanted him to be really cool. And so mm-hmm. they didn't let him be, uh, super cornished cool. in the same way. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess so. Um, but let's look, let, let's talk about his motivations, because I think that's the big thing. It, they, they spread them out yep. throughout the entire episode, but I think it's worth talking about it all at, all at once. Um, you know, Boba was, uh, was with the Tuscans long enough that they became like family mm-hmm. to him, so much so that he even, you know, says later, you know, you only get so far without a tribe and how he's learned that, you know, you need a family um, uh, ultimately, uh, to be as strong as you possibly can, you need to try. Right. Um, which is which is interesting, and, and that shows why he'd kind of given up. And then, uh, when they're murdered, it's clearly you know the death of the Tuscans that spurs mm. him to get revenge first for with the 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 Nikto, uh, uh, the Kinton Raiders clan, uh, and then. You know, later wanting to get his first, he said, you know, I mean, even even before, um, uh, before that, you know, he 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 clearly tells Fennec, I want to get my ship back, then I want to get my armor back, mm-hmm. and then I want to kill Jabba the Hutt because, uh, and take his throne because you know he is he's why I'm in this situation. He it's his his poor decisions, and I feel like it starts to give us some. But, you know, we kind of suspected, but now we actually know why is Boba doing what he's doing? Mm-hmm. You know, this it was the perfect example to me of like this would have been significantly better if we just started with this. It, like even even though I hate the Moss Espa Vespa, I shouldn't say hate. Even though I was not a fan of the Moss Espa Vespas, it would have played a lot better if they had le- explicitly leaned into the you know Boba Fett is here to build the tribe out of those who have no tribe. Mm-hmm. He's extending protection because that's what he thinks is missing. Mm-hmm. And I think if they'd gone out of their way to be explicit about those types of things, it would have, I think they would have had a better show because of it. Okay. But don't you think if they put this at the beginning, at this point, we'd probably be, I'm not going to say bored, but say, oh God, the show feels like it's, it's dragging because now he got his motivation and now he's always oh, got to go do this. Oh, now he's got to go do that. Oh, it's like, I, I've I don't said, know. I, I no, because the cause motivation I, I, is what helps you go lead into it. it yeah, I mean, this is this is my. Uh, I'll skip ahead. My one complaint with ahead. this episode is the previous episode ended with wars coming to Mos Espa. We need to be ready, right. and it, this episode ends with wars coming to Mos Espa. We need to be ready. Right. Uh, but hopefully, we're going to progress forward in the story now. Like, yeah, I, I suspect the flashbacks are done, and we're just going to go full steam ahead in in the present. At this point. Yeah, I would hope so at this yeah, point. But 
I think the show would have been stronger if we established that Boba's here to create a tribe and provide protection for people because of his lived experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now the bulk of the story becomes not about what are Boba Fett's motivations. It becomes how is Boba going to protect Mos Espa? Right. How is he going to prosecute a war against the Pikes? Um, Anyway, sorry, I'm yeah. just, like those are my two negative points coming out of this episode, and we've started on them for whatever reason. But, but that's okay because like yeah, honestly, but th- this episode does a great job. Finally, they gave us what we wanted. They gave us what we've been asking. I actually feel like we now know what Boba wants to do and why he's taking over. You know, he's tired of Jabba and their other employers using the bounty hunters and getting them killed because mm-hmm. they made stupid decisions. And he believes that we they can do a better job and save people's lives and create a family and that safety. And now it's like, okay, I got it. Makes sense. This this is a lot more clear now. It's not just he wants to be a crime lord. He wants to make a better life in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's discovered family um, and a tribe. But that, I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to, wasn't that one of the things when it comes to, again, Karen Travis, in her books? Because when you look at Clan Scarada, it was almost like, you know, um, it was Mandalorians, but it was like anybody could be part of the quote unquote tribe in Mando. It didn't have to be a blood yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah. It does have some good echoes of it. And I was reminded a little bit of, uh, was it, I think it was Legacy of the Force, I think is when was the series that dealt with it most. Um, I think I appreciated that the Boba Fett of that version in the EU, however you want to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember being kind of pulled into it and was not really ever motivated to do this beyond like being Mandalore for reasons I don't really remember. Um, I like that this Boba Fett, you know, based on his experiences is he goes in with a goal. Um, Right. He's here because he has seen, you know, injustice because he's been a bounty hunter as he tells Fennec Shand and he's been uh, on the, um, I was going to use a less nice word, but like he's been on the receiving end of, you know, bosses that don't, don't think through and don't, you know, care about what he and him, mm-hmm. you know, his partners go right. through. Right. Uh, they're basically expendable. Right. Yeah, they're expendable. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the awesome um, uh, infiltration scene into Jabba's palace. This was cool. I-, I feel like throughout this episode, Boba finally became Boba Fett again because i don't mm-hmm. ever feel like he really he was boba fett but he didn't really feel like boba fett there's something about bringing in slave one his fire spray class gunship that and and and, and you know we didn't see him get the armor that's actually something we should talk about uh, as well uh, in a little bit mm-hmm. but it, it starts to feel like okay boba's boba's back this is this is cool and so Slave One is in jabba's former palace now run by bib fortuna and we see that there's it's actually pretty populated. Um, unlike under uh, Boba's reign, there's guards all over, um, and we get this really cool infiltration sequence. Where they like map out where all of the guards are using a remote surveillance droid, and they like sneak in through the sewers. Uh, I I liked it a lot. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Although I did laugh where you know Boba goes out of his way to talk about how he needs Fennec Shan to get in. And then I guess she does. She is the one who is able to determine a safe route. Never mind. I right. take my point yeah. back. Well, well you the, need backup thing, too. I think. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. Yes. And and the part that I kind of I kind of enjoyed 
was when they went into the kitchen area and they had <laughs> well, hang the, on, Tom. I, are we going to talk about the the biggest cameo that no one saw coming in this episode who would have thought general grievous was still alive <laughs> oh that you i mean know a what? little I, bit a little bit more mechanical than we previously saw him but i mean the the uh what do you call it when they're they look the same i i was actually i can't I think of the actually, word but it was un, uh, unmistakable oh yeah i was actually getting there yeah. i was getting there it was it was so general grievous was still alive and you know what to be a sous chef inside of Jabba's palace and to sit there and think that you can take out somebody with just knives when you used to have lightsabers. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> now I, I, I thought that was funny. Obviously for those listening, it's not general grievous, but the way that shoot chef droid like opened his six arms. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. General grievous <laughs> spun the blades. The <laughs> Everything. only thing he didn't have, didn't you know. have the mobility. Yeah, so it, I, I liked the little reference. I, I really appreciated it. And it's kind of cool to see the, the sous chef or the chef droid uh, um, like chopping everything at once. We also had the uh, the EV series sous chef uh, as well. Not EV99 again, but, you know, similar style of droid. And a little cameo appearance by the LEP droid from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Pro- those little, Honestly, those probably my favorite cameo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get around, don't they? And like Boba Fett chasing him through a kitchen, a little over the top, but I I, pre- well, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm a, it, it was, there, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. So am I, but there was a part of me that wanted to sing Les Poissons from like Little Mermaid because it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. <laughs> but I thought it was, I thought it worked. That just to have that little droid in there be sneaky as he he is uh-huh. worked for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally worked. Yeah. Um. And I guess speaking of droids, we also got. So you know when they get to this to Slave One, the 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 waves of attackers start coming at them. Uh, Fennec blasts that gonk droid. I love like why have we never seen anyone blast a gonk droid before? It's like a power droid. Of course it's gonna explode. It's, it's inhumane yeah, but, and uh, the poor gonk droid. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is so yeah. good. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I I just really enjoyed this whole this whole scene and the action was great. I don't know why Boba's hanger isn't a bit bigger. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm, I, mean, I don't know how Slave storage. 1 didn't. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't I know how Slave of, 1 didn't get de- is, massively damaged. Well, I but, kind of assume that Bib Fortuna didn't want to risk the ship because you can't imagine that Boba Fett was just going to like park his ship in Java's palace without ensuring it was going to be protected. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I imagine he's like, look, I, I don't want to mess with it. It, maybe it blows up. Maybe it just kills whoever tries to go inside of it. Uh, we'll just get. We'll just throw a sheet over it. We'll deal with it later. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing we didn't talk about this earlier is that Boba was pretty confident that um, that you know he wouldn't get the slate. He wouldn't get the ship back if he just walked up to Bib Fortuna, which I thought was interesting. You know, because like uh, he. He worked for for Jabba, worked with Bib. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I guess he was afraid that without his armor, he would not be as persuasive and be able to get his ship back. Well, I mean, I almost got... read it a little bit as no one knows who he is without his armor. Like, that's a good point. point. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. Good point. That's a good point. That is a great point. And on top of that, are you more intimidating with Mandalorian armor, or basically with a uh, gaffy stick? <laughs> I mean, although he knows how to use the gaffy stick, but yeah. he's more intimidating as Boba Fett. 
He is. He is. Yeah. And of course, that's why he he goes to get his armor. But first, a quick stop to massacre the Kenton Raiders uh, and just like... Well, two stops. What? Or is it? Isn't it two stops? Sorry. Yes, he massacres the Raiders. We can start. Sorry, we can start with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that, the, the that, next for... one is even more important. Um, yeah. But like this, oh, this is when it started to feel like, okay, Bo is back. He's got, he's got Slave One flying, you know, low over the desert. Um, yeah, it, it just, it started to feel like he just destroyed them. I and mean, he actually doesn't have proof that it was them. Um, it doesn't matter to Boba. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, they're done. Fennec, though, hints that, that maybe it was someone else. Like, I don't know, maybe the Pikes. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me either. Gang was financed by them. Yeah. 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 But look at it this way: the only clue he had to go on was he saw that farmer basically taken out by them. They left their mark. So mm-hmm. if it was the Pikes, what's an easy way to throw off somebody? You blame it on somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So the Empire did. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Blame it on the Jedi. It's not the Empire. No, the Empire didn't do anything. It's the Jedi. Well, or, or it's the Tuscans. The Tuscans killed all uh, the Jawas, you know? There you go. Yeah, no Tuscans wouldn't walk uh, side by side, William. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what else doesn't make sense as much as I love the scene? Why would he think his armor is still in the Sarlacc? He, does he, maybe he doesn't remember that the, the Jawas took it off. Of him. I, well, I, yeah, that was my take is he's delirious by the time he gets out. Yeah. I love the sequence, though. It was really cool. Uh, oh, a I lot th- of thought... not the not necessarily the wisest decisions. Um, no, no, no but but you got to admit to see him launch that that concussion bomb, the, the seismic charge, oh. the seismic charge. Sorry, I spent the entire time like sitting on the couch from the moment the scene started. I'm like, please drop a seismic charge. <laughs> yeah, like we yeah we haven't gotten a seismic charge since you know ever. Wow. Yeah. No, we got one yeah. in the Mandalorian. Well, that that did we get okay. That, yeah. Oh, that's right. During okay. the Tie Fighter, I forgot about that one. battle. Okay, but, but it's still been it's still been forever since we seen a se- seismic charge. And the way it like you know Fennec like she had to like jump uh, like unbuckle crawl her yeah. way up to the button hit it and the seismic charge rolls because he's you know facing down which is also right. really cool to see like seeing Slave One flying upside down and the seismic charge just rolls down the top of the ship and just falls in. Very well, cool. I think- I think the best thing about it for me is to see that Sarlacc is so strong. It is strong enough to pull a starship. Well, not a big starship, but a decent sized starship almost into its maw. That was, that was the coolest thing to see. It was quite the, uh, quite the feat. Yeah. 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 And just to see the side of the charge defeat, it was incredible. That was just. So cool. Well, and, and and I also appreciated how they kind of they addressed the you know special edition changes as well, and why we don't necessarily always see the you know the head of the the beak of the sarlacc, right? It's down there. It's not I always never. Out. I completely missed that, William. That is actually a really cool detail that did not occur to me while I was watching. Yeah, I I I just like it's it's all those little details that mm-hmm. I just thought were so good about this scene. Um, kind of tying everything. And that's what the, you know, the Mandalorian and the Book of Ophet in many ways do so well. It's just kind of d- addressing all those little things either you did think about or maybe you never thought about. They're like, oh, wow. I, you know, I've always kind of wondered that. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is good. 
Yeah. Uh, so cool. And then, then to sit there and have, dude, I, I, I thought it was just pretty cool to watch him coming out of the basically dead Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. And just, he, he did literally go in there to see if his armor was there, which naturally that was his goal, but it's just cool to know that was the only way he was able to be able to do it was he was there to kill that Sarlacc any way possible. And he did it. Yeah. Great way to get revenge. Yeah. Don't mess with him. Not news, but you know, good to see it confirmed. Oh yeah. 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 No, it was, it was a great scene. And the, the weird the one weird thing about, I'd say probably honestly more than, you know, we talked about the structure and, and everything, but, and this is actually comes out of the, the structure discussion we talked earlier, talked about earlier, uh, because we saw him get his armor back in the Mandalorian and because we saw mm-hmm. him, um, kill Bib Fortuna at the end of the Mandalorian season two, if you haven't watched the Mandalorian, and I would hope that most people at this point, you know, who are watching the Book of Buffett, they, you know, the Mandalorian is incredibly popular. They're probably assuming most people have seen the series. Um, but, you know, the if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett goes from Boba talking about how much he wants his armor back and looking in the Sarlacc and everything, to all of a sudden a brief shot of him getting his armor, kind of a flashback from the Mandalorian, like blink and you miss it. Mm-hmm. Brief shot of you know Bib Fortuna being uh, killed and and Boba assuming his throne, and then boom, we're you know done with the flashbacks. And back in the present, and that's it. And that's that's kind of the moment where the show says, "Okay, we've caught you up to the present, and now here's Boba with his armor and everything." But as a viewer, it's it's almost you know if, if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, I wonder if a lot of people are going to be very confused about how how he got his armor because they made a huge deal about it and then they never actually show it happen in the series. Mm-hmm. It just is assumed you know. Well, but that that that's a question to where. You need to start digging around the internet to see if anybody is really questioning that from this episode, because so far, since we're the ones that know this, it, it, it's, and I think per, probably why it was written the way it was. The people who are watching this episode or this season, this show, is because they are aware of the show. They came over from the Mandalorian and they know how they got his armor. I haven't seen really anybody question that or even bring it up. Yeah, and I, I suspect most people are in that boat where most people, you know, are not going to be dramatically surprised, Yeah, but it is still a, um, a surprising, somewhat surprising choice in that, you know, you never really get to see that addressed. You know, they, they just make a big, they make a big deal about finding the armor and then never do. Yeah. It's a little bit odd, but yeah. Feels honestly, it feels par for the course as far as kind of odd editing choices for the season. Mm-hmm. Doesn't detract from the episode though, because it's still the the way everything was just at this point again tying up loose ends and explaining you know things to this point worked so beautifully. And I'm hopeful that now now that we've kind of caught up to the present. Um, and answered everything. My, I'm, I'm very hopeful that as we go forward, the next, the last three episodes of this uh, season, and I think maybe even series, right? Because I believe it's just a limited series, mm. will be. I hope it's going to be awesome, and that's where we're going to get all of the, the, the big excitement. They've kind of laid the groundwork. Right. You know, there's all sorts of 
hints that they drop at the end of this episode. And of course there's rumors, et cetera. And we'll see, we're not going to talk about the rumors on the show, but um, you know, I, I hope that they can accelerate the pace now and, and kind of show us this dramatic conflict now that we're in the, now that we're in the yeah. present. Mm-hmm. I, I do have to say there is one line I thought very funny that I don't know if you would say it's out of character for Boba, but when Finnick actually was able to launch the cosmic charge, he did sit there after it was done, kind of look at her and say, next time, don't touch my buttons. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It was, it was, I, I, I'm like, it worked for me. I don't think it was out of character form, but I, I liked the line. I thought it was funny. Oh yeah. No, I think it's, it's yeah. makes complete sense for Boba's character. Like, oh, get yeah. away from my stuff. Don't, don't touch my yeah. stuff. <laughs> well, I think, and, yeah. and it's the same thing. Didn't, didn't we also hear that kind of in the Mandalorian two to Grogu? It's like, don't touch that. Yeah. Stop touching that. Don't touch that. And what does he do? Grogu touches the button and boom, there goes the ship. It's just like all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So now let's, let's, we're, let's get to the present. We, the first two thirds of the episode was in the past. Um, but now that the back to tank and he's out of the back to tank, his wounds are fully healed. Um, and, and now we get, um, kind of two, two final sequences, really. The, the first part, is the hiring of Chrysanthemum when he goes to the sanctuary and we see Chrysanthemum upset about something. We don't really know. We, uh, I'll, I mean, Trandoshans, Wookiees oh. hate Trandoshans, right? So I, I think that's probably a plausible I, reason why. That's how I read it. Like he's staring at them the entire time. Yeah. And I, yeah. It's probably just because of that. If you, if you don't know, um, the, the, the history of the Wookiees and the Trandoshans, it may be a little unclear, but I think for those of us who do know it, Kersantan clearly is just not happy that the Trandoshans are, are there, let alone winning any of the games in the, in the, um, the, the, the gambling, whatever, whatever game they were playing. I actually don't know. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> Garza Whip tries to, she tries to calm him down and it was a valiant effort Mm-hmm. but he still pulls the train ocean's arms off, which we were all waiting. To I happen. think it's only one. I think it's only one though. Just one arm. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just only one. only yeah, a single arm. It's, it's no big deal then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now I guess the Trandoshan can go to the mods and be modified and get a new arm. Jeez. Oh, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Don't have yeah. a back tank or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, you know, I, I think it makes sense for Boba to hire Kersantan because he he clearly does not have much of a gang. And, uh, of, of, uh, his house basically consists of two Gamorrean guards, four mods, basically teenage punks, and uh, Fennec Shand, and a Rancor yeah. now. And with Kersantan, he actually... up cook. Yeah, yeah. And with Kersantan, he actually... And the, I think the LEP droid escaped uh, as well. Um. But with Chrysanthemum... We, we do see the droid at the end. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But with Chrysanthemum, he actually has someone, aside from Fennec, who could be mm-hmm. feared and kind of act on his own, unlike, you know, the Rancor, for example. Right. So they're they're definitely building up to some big stuff. I, I'm curious, though, what did... Stephen, what were your thoughts on the uh, the banquet with the heads of all the Moss Eisley families? I was... On the one hand, I was I was excited for it. Like this was obviously a scene we saw in the trailer. I, you know, we talked about this last week. I, originally, we hoped it was kind of early on because I thought it fit the kind of 
mafia boss kind of sequence fairly well. Um, but I'm glad we finally got it. And we got to finally Boba Fett gets to kind of feel like, uh, you know, the Don, the head of the head of the crime family that's kind of mm-hmm. putting things together. I do wish he had expressed maybe a little bit more uh, control over them. Um, it just kind of continued the sense of like he's a he's a Don without any muscle behind him because his his settlement at the very end is like, look, all I'm asking is, you know, if you won't fight with me against the Pikes, well, at least don't fight against me. And that's a pretty mm. weak position to take as the head of a crime family. But I'm glad we finally got the scene. And I, again, I hope it will pay off later as we see them really start to kind of pledge fealty to him. Mm-hmm. Do you think they will? There's always going to be one family that's not going to do it. There's, yeah, I mean, he'll probably get betrayed. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. family's going to, one of them is going to betray him. It won't be pretty because you've got Cassandra in there, but one of them is going to betray him. What's interesting to yeah. me is that, and we talked about this, and I feel like maybe this scene does a, maybe it, it, it kind of helps redeem some of the frustration I had with the last episode too, where, you know, we, we learned that the, uh, that Moss Espa had been split up in, uh, you know, across the three families under Bib Fortuna. Um, and I thought that these were the heads of those three families, you know, cause we had, uh, the Trandoshan boss, Doc Strassi, the Klatuinian boss, uh, played by Philomar and uh, Garfaliquo, uh, the head of the Aquelish. And I, mm. I thought those were, and let me actually just double check my notes. I believe those are the exact same three. Yeah. The Trandoshans, the Aquelish and the Klatuinians. Yeah. So those are the same three families, but in, in this, um, episode, so maybe it actually doesn't explain it. But in this episode, Jabba as as Bib, sorry as a Boba is just going down the line. Uh, as as Boba is talking with them, he, we we learn that they were all clan leaders under Jabba, but they left when Bib Fortuna took over. Um, and you know they kind of tried to take over from Bib Fortuna. He he was he was uh, mischievous enough that he was able to maintain control. But the last episode made it sound like Bib Fortuna split up the power himself because like saying, oh i, I don't want to ru- i don't have enough power to rule each of your areas you can do it whereas this one makes it sound like they split and i almost hmm. got the impression that maybe they were controlling more than just mas espa now whereas in the last episode said they only controlled mas espa so i guess i'm not 100 percent sure uh, you know what they're in charge of i thought i guess my initial my initial impression was and i'll stop talking because I feel like I'm rambling, but my initial impression was that this explains why Jabba's territory is now so small and just Mas Espa mm-hmm. because these other heads of the families left. Right. And I, but I don't know. That I think, so I think you're right, William, and I suspect what we'll find when we, at the end of the season, looking back, I think what we'll find is Jabba's empire was broken apart after he died. Bib Fortuna was a weak leader and basically didn't have much left. Uh, and he probably lost even more of it when, you know, all of his uh, guards are killed in a mysterious ship breakaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Boba enters in, his arc in some ways, or the arc of his his family, I don't know what to call it, will be that he's going from nothing to he's re-earning the respect of the various groups and will be pulling them back together and slowly kind of rebuilding the influence of Jabba's crime family, which was missing 
after Java died or mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. has slowly declined. I wish all of that was clear because it, it's all we've had are a bunch of questions going throughout each episode. Like, oh, this feels weird. Why doesn't he have more, you know, minions to do his bidding and things like that? Mm-hmm. I suspect it is that we're we're seeing him rebuilding the crime family or mm-hmm. the whatever you want to call well, it. Yeah, basically um, building building Jabba's legacy, if you want to put it that way. Interesting. Yeah. Well, then, I, and it's one of those things where it's, it's a weird editing choice. I think it'll make sense in post, but right, so be it. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it'll be interesting going forward with the last three episodes, how it's all going to play out. I mean, do you think the twins are still out there somewhere? I mean, they did give I, a rancor, which was nice to see be used this time to scare the you know what out of the uh, crime families, but. <laughs> You know, do you think that they're going to somehow play into this or did they really back off? Well, I think that brings us to the last point, which is Boba and Fennec decide that they need more muscle to help combat the pikes as the pikes come in. Mm -hmm. And they note that Boba's got plenty of credits. And if you the one thing you can buy with credits is muscle. Right. Are do you think we might see the twins brought in on Boba's side with a suitable enough payday? That's a good question. I mean, anything at this point with three episodes left, we're not in the writer's room. Anything is possible. Yeah. Maybe he'll try to bring the twins back. It sounded like they were pretty clear they wanted to be out of this and they didn't want to fight with the Pikes. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe Boba has bigger plans to take down the Pikes. I think the thing I got really excited about was, you know, when they said they'll need more muscle. Uh, we, I don't know if you, did you guys catch this? They played the theme to the Mandalorian. I did Str- catch that. Strongly uh, I, implying I, I, that Din Djarin. Yes, yes. I think yes. Din Djarin is shown up. If not next episode, then definitely the one after. I think they're called, but probably next episode, they're probably calling in help. And at this point, they know Din Djarin. Mm-hmm. I think the Mandalorian is going to show up. Well, Okay. Do you think he's going to bring the sheriff with him? I, I mean, I would not be surprised. I mean, I, I would not be surprised. I wish I could remember the guy's name. Uh, you know, Grief Karga, probably. You know, yeah, Grief Karga, uh, the magistrate. Yeah, the, 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 I'm. I think Grief Karga is probably going to show up. I think the Mandalorian is going to show up. Bo Katan could show up potentially. Possibility. Um, I'd be a little surprised by that one. Yeah, same. Possible. Possible. But they're, you know, I think Grogu's off with Luke, so he probably won't make well, an appearance. But they, okay, now that I think but, about it, they don't have to bring Bo-Katan in. They could bring, uh, who are the other two Mandalorians other night, up yeah. with her? Yeah, they Parks could bring Carriz, the other two. Yeah. 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 And so I think it, at minimum, Din Djarin is going to show up. Yeah. And I would say the outside shot of... Um, of um, Carl Weathers' character again. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Grief yeah. Karga. I, I would say yeah. both of those. Grief Karga. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Because that's how they. That's they. That's who they hired. And they. They. They have established friendships there now. Uh, maybe. Oh, I. I wonder. Um, you know, like who else from the Mandalorian might want might show up? Like we've got. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Um... Well, the only, the, sadly, sadly, the only other one that could be brought back in that is now, I would say, is off limits is one character that they could easily recast and they won't. 
but you could you could see the Mandalorian and a recast of Cara Dune come in to help out on this. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I, mean, I don't think yeah. they would. But you know, they, yeah, it's it's a possibility. Yeah, um, but I'd, yeah. The, I think that's hand thought. Yeah, I, I think what we'll probably do is see um, uh, uh, Mayfeld maybe could show up because he yeah like it was Mayfeld, Cara Dune, Boba Fett, Fennec Shand uh, in season two, so maybe he shows up again. I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. I think this is the this is the time when they'll start bringing in uh, some backup for this big battle on Tatooine potentially. And it's exciting because the Mandalorian unfortunately has not had great side characters. You know, the the Mandalorian had Mayfeld, it had uh, you know Grief Karga, it had Cardoon, um, it had you know all of this huge cast of characters that were just fantastic. And the Book of Boba mm-hmm. Fett, if you in hindsight name a character that's like outstanding, a supporting character. Well, the only one that comes to mind is Finnick Shand. Well, and yeah, I guess it's, she's like, you know, almost like Boba and um, right. the, Man- the Mandalorian and Grogu, right? Maybe Yoda. Right. Um, aside from Boba and, and Fennec. Okay, but here, okay, there's Kersantan. Like, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but, but think of it this way this is Boba Fett. Does he really need to have side characters like the Mandalorian? The Mandalorian yes. was at this point. Do you mean, yes, he does Sorry. need it? I, I think any story does need decent side characters okay but but he doesn't need sidekicks but you need great characters okay i i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go with this perspective on this the mandalorian was a character we knew really nothing about until it actually was was being established you saw the character and you know they they introduced um who's who i got the 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 first character that we saw that led him to the jawas which i I just said, um, God, what, what was his main line? It's like, I have spoken. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, like, so that's a great side character. So I'm, I, 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 hang on a second. I'm taking this. Okay, sorry, sorry. You have a character that you, you did not know. So the best way to understand that character is build a really good cast around it. That would fill out that character and really draw you in. We've known Boba Fett for years. We've known Boba Fett was basically a quote-unquote solo character other than what we've seen in in Rebels and in in Clone Wars or whenever we've seen him. But we've seen him from one point as being a solo character. I think at this point, he works well being the way he is. And you have to let him be Boba Fett. And then now at this point, if he gets a second season – let him start building out the side characters at this point. Phoenix Shand, I think right now is a good character for just the two of them because you're establishing Boba Fett as being a bad a Mandalorian. You had to establish that character to understand how he is. You kind of see where I'm coming from on this. I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't really, I don't know if I agree though. Cause like you can have a standalone character without, mm-hmm. Um, what well, you know, like Boba can be a loner of sorts, but he has to interact with other people. And when he interacts right. with those people, they should be interesting comparing ca- characters like Quill, like you were talking about, like IG 11, you know, right. like all of these, um, characters, like all the ones we mentioned earlier, you know, they're the Mandalorian is, is, has so many fantastic, mm-hmm. amazing characters 
Right. And I feel like that's where this show has just gotten a little, fallen a little short. You have Boba, you have Fennec, and they're the core, and they're the ones that have to be in every episode. And that's fine. The other just don't have right. to be in every episode. But you need great characters, and I think that's that's where the show has the show has struggled so far as both uh, in the how it's presented the story and the the timeline and the editing and the and the characters. I actually I'm gonna disagree a little bit, William, in that I actually think the show has had good characters or good side characters. They've just all been in the past. That's fair. Well, I thought yes, okay, some, yeah, like yeah, uh, some of the stuff with the Tuscan Raiders yeah. I thought worked really well. Yes. Uh, and I think they're even more interesting in some ways because they are, you know, largely silent or done via sign language. Mm-hmm. It's the present day that's missing. That's that's a, that's need, a good yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, no, that that is a good we point. We needed a, like, I hate to come back to the, the mods again, but like we needed the mods that were interesting foils for Boba, not children. <laughs> or the other, like, uh, the heads of the other clans. You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, like, and the same need, thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's it. We, we need relationships with those types of characters where Boba Fett gets to, you know, interact with them a little bit more than we're, what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm hopeful that the next few episodes maybe will we'll have a bit more time to give us that. Then we only have three episodes, three episodes left. It's, it's hard to believe the show is... We're almost at the end. Mm-hmm. It's and been a good ride, though. Crazy. I mean, from, from oh yeah, I'm still it's, enjoying it. It's been yeah. a great ride. Still, still very enjoyable. Um, yes. I don't know, Tom. I get. Let's. Should we get into our ratings? What would you? I think we should. What would you rate this episode? Well, you know, the funny thing was when we were talking. I think last episode, we've always said that when we get into it, we we have our ratings all ready to go. And I'm like, I know exactly what I'm giving this episode. I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to give it this. Well, I kind of changed it because I'm going to give it, I was going to give it higher than this, but I'm giving this an 8.5. I enjoyed this episode for me. It basically ticked off. It ticked off how he got slave one back. It ticked off the, 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 the back to tank, how he handled the Sarlacc pit and et cetera, et cetera, down the line. I liked it from that point of view. I, enjoy this episode so i have 8.5 my 8.5 womp brats well let's say that you know that gonk droid that was walking through jabba's palace that you know finnick actually shot to blow up well inside writing them writing it just to get to where they had to go because they really didn't want to walk were I was going to say nine womp rats, but one of them kind of got stepped on when the gonk droid took one step. So it was like 8.5 womp rats were inside that gonk droid when it blew up because they had to go from one side of the palace to the other and they didn't want to walk. So they had the gonk droid take it. It was their transportation. So nice. Yeah. William, you want to go next? You know, like you, Tom, I I thought this is a great episode. It's actually my favorite episode of the season. uh, Absolutely. The series thus far. Um, it was great. Like you said, we got we got motivations for Boba. We got to see, you know, scenes from the Mandalorian from Boba's point of view and finally get answered to the questions of like how did Fennec survive and and, and what happened there. Uh, we got to see Slave One again. We got to see more of Jabba's palace, uh, the Sarlacc. Like there was so much to love about this. Um, and now that we're in the present and we've got those hints of maybe the Mandalorian coming next week, 
Um, we're in a really cool spot and I cannot wait to see where they take the next few episodes of the season. So, um, I'm going to give it eight and a half Womp Rats out of 10 and my eight and a half Womp Rats. Uh, well, you know why the LEP droid, uh, was, was there. Um, stealing mine, William. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) It's, it was called a rat catcher for a reason and it's going after the Womp Rats. (laughs) Steven, you know, it's Tom, it's funny because you were talking about having your mind changed throughout the episode mm. and I, I actually am coming out of this very mixed because part of me comes away actually frustrated by this episode because it does so much to exemplify the things that were bothering me about the editing and pacing of the show thus far. Like it, it goes <laughs> So much stuff gets covered in this episode in a relatively short amount of time that just feels like it. Why did we not do this earlier or in a different way so that it helps the rest of the the episodes make sense? Mm-hmm. And so part of me is mad at the episode for like being the one that proves they could have done it better, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't think that's fair to this episode. Um, so I think I'm gonna give this episode an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Overall, really solid. I think my only complaints with it really are just about the fact that we spend a little bit more time in the present, but retread the exact same points we basically did before. There's a war coming. We already knew that. And Boba needs more people. We kind of already knew that, too. Um, But overall, I thought the episode, like I said, it covered it. It is the thing that shows the issues of the previous episodes because they wouldn't cover these sorts of things earlier. Like we needed the motivation and the context, I think, earlier than we actually got it. but I'll, I'll get off my soapbox on that for the moment. Uh, but with my eight Womp Rats, well, William, you know, you mentioned we've got the Womp Rats that managed to escape the Rat Catcher. Oh, you did say escape, right? Yes. Or did Okay, well, yeah. Well, they, they didn't escape. That's what the you, LEP droid is for, you know. Okay, sorry. Well, my, sorry, I, I, I knew you had, I'm going to still borrow yours. Your eight and a half Womp Rats managed to escape the LEP droid. Or, yeah, they did not escape the LEP droid. But mine did. So they still live on around <laughs> the palace, waiting one day for their chance at vengeance when they can get to slave one and rain fire down upon the LEP droid as it so richly deserves. But they're not bloodthirsty, I swear. Okay, well, I think it's unanimous then. Eight and a yeah. half all around. Um, well, this is a fun this is a fun one. It's it's always I always love talking Star Wars with you guys, you know, and of course we, we get into things, we critique it, but at the end of the day, we, we still love it. And you know, we, we absolutely, we love diving into the details and, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, I'm, I'm very excited about the potential for the rest of this, this series. Oh, I, I, go ahead. I was, I also have high hopes, William. I, I think we've, Without going on my soapbox again, I think there have been issues with the episodes up till this point, and I'm. But we know that they can make fantastic Star Wars content. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in The Mandalorian. We've seen that in just about every show that they put together. And I'm hoping that now that we've got our kind of runway set up, the show is just gonna really take off and yeah, be exactly what we always wanted it to be. Yeah, and you know what? The last what three episodes. We're going to be in for hopefully a really good ride. Yeah, we are. We yeah. are. So, of course, we'll be here every step of the way on Ion Cannon. So, um, I think with that, we can, we'll wrap up for this week. 
Next week, we'll be reviewing Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett. Again, no details, but uh, I think it's safe to say we might see a uh, an armored, a Beskar armored friend show up. And uh, we're only thinking it may happen. We, we could be wrong, but you know, will it be yeah. for one episode? The remainder, you know, maybe this is why they didn't want to have it, Mandalorian season three what, come out. William, I, I assume you are, of course, talking about. I don't even remember what his name is. Uh, the heavily armored soldier that we see in season one, episode three of The Mandalorian, who's got like the big chain gun and is super awesome. Yes, that's it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that is who you're talking about, right? Okay. Just making sure, because I I cannot wait for him to make an appearance again. <laughs> he was a Vizsla, right, as I recall? Uh, yes. I believe okay. he was. Oh. That's Damn. my prediction. And if I'm wrong, then I'll, uh, I don't know, we'll think of something that I'll have to do. Yes. Well. <sighs> yeah, I think with that. Yes. Yep. Anyway, well, thank you guys. Fun talking with you as always. And uh, I'll be back. We'll be back next week with our review of Chapter 5. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.